0: Well, we have been talking about marriage. We started that off last week as we transitioned from the things that we are to put on and to put off. Uh, We covered that in our scripture reading, obviously. And last week, as we transitioned from a healthy church life, we then looked at instructions for the family, and we began those instructions uh, with uh, the the wife. Um, Today, we're going to talk about the husband. So... I may have offended all the women today, but now I'll just alienate all the men. Uh, last week, I mean, now I'll alienate all the men this week. So anyway, as we consider that, though, uh, when we were talking about the wife, we went back to Genesis and explored the husband-wife relationship from the beginning, uh, in particular when it came to the fact that the woman is told to submit herself to her husband. We drew also drew the parallel, as we read this morning, Uh, the parallel passage in Ephesians 5. Now, of course, we've been in Colossians. So in summary, the wife was specifically created as a complementary helper for the husband and with the husband. The wording indicates that Adam saw uh, in Eve his match that he could not find in the rest of creation. Eve was created as Adam's equal, yet the wife is to voluntarily place herself Under the husband as her authority. We read in Ephesians that this is a picture of the church being under the authority of Christ. Submission is by design rather than communicating value. In other words, God has created a structure, and that is what these instructions are about. We also noted that the fall complicated things. The man is no longer a perfect husband. And the woman would also then desire to take the lead in the marriage. Always, probably not, but sometimes. And so there was a tension based upon the fall that took place there. So our focus today, as I mentioned, will be in the instructions to the husbands. And as we did with the wife, we will use Ephesians 5 as an important cross-reference. But we need to note that Colossians 3.13 will be our foundation. So, I'm going to read that for you. It says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Now, the Colossians passage is much more matter of fact than the Ephesians passage. Paul's purposes are different in Ephesians, than, uh, in, in that he parallels Christ and the church with the husband and wife relationship. Okay? You, you read that. We read that together. He does that throughout. But it's interesting. He does it so much so that he gives a qualifying statement that he isn't drawing an exact comparison. And we see that in Colossians 5.32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Okay, It doesn't mean that he wasn't talking about the husband and the wife, but his primary purpose in speaking was Christ and the church. Therefore, his language is... Uh, so getting back to Colossians now. In Colossians, this has already been covered. We talked for several weeks about who Jesus is and the relationship that he has with his church and how, how he is supreme and we are to uh, be, uh, see, see him as, as our authority and we are to follow him. Therefore, his language is more straightforward in his instructions to the wife and the husband because he's not referring back and forth to the church. So my plan is to have a broader consideration of what the husband is being instructed to do while keeping a tighter focus on these instructions patterned under Colossians. So what does that mean? We will glean from other passages, but not necessarily explore every passage in detail. All right? And, and in other words, we looked at Christ and his church in Colossians already. That's, that's where our series, um, uh, part of our series was probably a couple of months ago. In Ephesians, these things are mixed. But we're going to be pulling out what is relevant to our study based upon the pattern that we see in Colossians. So I just want to make sure we understand that. I don't want anybody to be going, hey, wait a minute, there's some good stuff there in Ephesians. There is. There is. But we have covered that, and our purposes are different this morning. So as we begin, we should immediately recognize a difference between the instructions to the husband and to the wives. You see, the wife actually has a new instruction, right? Place yourself under the authority of your husband. The man is actually given two instructions that are not new. These are things that Paul really just covered. It's a re-emphasis of putting on love and putting off things associated with anger. He's already covered these things. And yet, he addresses them specifically to husbands. So that should cause us, husbands, to stop and take notice. All right? So let's begin as we look at husbands are to be loving. In both Colossians and Ephesians, the primary instruction... Is to the husband is to love their wives, right? We recently looked in depth at the specific Greek word agape, which is used here, that word for love, and it is by far the most used word for love in the New Testament. So it's not that this is exclusive by any means, but yet there is a specific, specific reason why this is being used. The general New Testament usage of the word agape conveys a type of love that is based upon reason and will. Now, love always contains emotion, and oftentimes strong emotion. And there are strong emotions in our love as husbands to our wives. But agape isn't swayed by feelings or circumstances. It is consistent and committed. Agape is more often self-sacrificing and seeks the good of the other person. We also need to consider our context. Just a few verses before this, Colossians 3.14 says, But above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Now again, like I say, this is not something new that Paul is giving to the husband. It's a new emphasis to the husband. As we studied, love embodies and unites all of the other character traits that we are to put on when we're talking about patience and several other things. But when Paul tells the husband to love his wife, it includes every other quality that we studied. You can look right in your scriptures there and see these are things that we're to put on. So that's embodied in this idea of love. But then as we consider Ephesians 5 alongside of this, Ephesians 5 gives more detail to the husband's love, which is why we're looking at it. Now, we've already mentioned that marriage is a picture of the relationship between Christ and the church. The husband is to love his wife and based upon that love to give himself sacrificially for her. So let's consider how self-sacrifice ties in. We've already mentioned that that is a character trait Related to an agape type of love. Now, some would suggest that this is the man's version of submission. Okay? In other words, wives, you're to submit, and husbands, you are to love in a self-sacrificing way, which is another way of saying that you are submitting to the wife. Not quite. If we think about it, based upon what we learned about God's structure for the family, this can't be the case. Giving the same command to the husband doesn't make any practical sense. Because there is an inherent authority given to the husband based upon how God wants the family to operate. Yet the husband is to be self-sacrificing. We'll get to there in just a minute. But let's understand this. In the same context that we read, right? Christ is not to submit to the church. Christ sacrificially loves the church. He demonstrated that and continues to do that. But he does not submit to the church. So as we think about this idea of self-sacrificing, a husband's Christ-like love will motivate him to give of himself for his wife. He will sacrifice his time, his energies, and his interests for his wife and for her sake. Now, that doesn't mean that a husband can't pursue some of his interests. That's not what it's saying here. But what it's saying is is that there there is some giving up and some giving away of what we might think we want to do, of preferences that we might have. Then we also see embedded in this Ephesians passage, and we'll read this in just a moment, a part of a husband's love is that he is to be devoted to his wife. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 28 and 29 say this, but husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. So we'll explore this now. We'll we'll take a, look, a more specific look at this idea. A husband's love nourishes. Paul continues the analogy of the flesh and the body in this in this passage. He gives he, he speaks of nourishment, and it's clear that Paul is speaking on a spiritual emotional level, not. Feeding, okay, not actually providing a meal for his his wife, but nourishing her in 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 a spiritually emotional way. The husband is to mature and develop the marriage. That's that's our responsibility, guys. We are to mature and develop the marriage. That is on our part. Now, what I want I want to say here is not just a, a blanket statement, but but really when you think about it, the scriptures are addressing the issue of the wife in relation to what she's going to struggle with, right? To what she needs some instruction on. So we're given as husbands some instructions on what we might struggle with and what maybe doesn't come as naturally to us, right? And I think that part of it is in relation to this. You know, do, do women have to learn how to nurture Not as much. There's there's some inherent things. Again, we're equal, but we're different. And so this is where it comes down to the husband doesn't just defer all of this to the wife and say, oh, she's the more nurturing one. She'll take care of the relationship. No, no. Husbands are told. You nurture this relationship. And we do this as husbands through encouragement, encouragement, Promotion, assurance, support, and appreciation. Those are all ways that we can nurture our wives in our relationship. Uh, Ways ways to encourage them in in, in what they do and their pursuits. Appreciation for that suitable helper that has come alongside of us to do life with us. The assurance of our love. The assurance of our faithfulness. The assurance of our protection. And many, many other things that we could say. Then a husband's love also cherishes. This is is to provide tender care. Yes, it's to meet physical needs, but it's also to meet emotional needs. And we do it in a loving fashion. Now, Again, guys, you know, uh, this doesn't necessarily come as natural to us. You know, we might even use terms like, well, that's that's the mushy stuff. You know what I mean? Well, we're supposed to be about that with our wives, right? We, We engage in those emotional needs that she has. It's not just a, yeah, you're different than I am you're going to have to deal with that I don't know how to right it's not, it's not what we're told to do so what does it mean then for a husband to love his wife as his own body first we need to understand this is not an example of or, sorry this is an example of we're observing the text is very important. This is not describing self-love. Instead, the husband is to love his wife as he already loves himself. You see the difference? You, you love your wife in the same way that you love yourself. And let's face it, all of us, there is a form of, self, of healthy selfishness. We, we're supposed to take care of ourselves. There's a stewardship that we even have over our own bodies and souls. We don't have to learn that, okay? And yes, there are those who can end their own lives, but that's that exceptional thing. It's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about we inherently take care of ourselves. And the Scriptures are telling us then that that inherent desire that everybody has, but that as husbands have, that is what we are to have for our wives it's it 's really to become like a reflex action it 's supposed to just happen. Right. I think it's also important to note that here in this context and in other places, the, the, the husband and wife are considered to be one. That, that, that is a, a very unique and special relationship. And I say unique, not unique to an individual marriage, but unique to marriage. And that two souls really do, two bodies really do come together as one. That's, that's by design. And what's interesting is, if you think about it, this is very much like what Jesus said about how we are to love our neighbor as ourself. Right? We don't look at that and go, huh, that's kind of odd. But yet, really, that's what the scriptures are telling us here. You love your wife as yourself, husbands. It's the same idea. Now, Paul also describes what should be an obvious incentive in that the husband will also benefit from sacrificially loving his wife. And folks, there's nothing wrong with that. There's everything right with that. It's good to incentivize things. There's a benefit. If I give of myself to my wife, there is going to be a benefit back to me, to us, as husband and wife. So let's move on to the next point here. We're obviously keeping in line with Colossians at this point. It says, husbands are not to be harsh. Let's remind ourselves that our primary passage, again, is Colossians 3. We're staking with that. But we should relate this directly to the other things that we are to put off. We're to put off anger, wrath, malice, bitterness, etc. Just as the scriptures assume the wife will struggle with an imperfect husband, Paul tells the husband here that we must refrain from becoming harsh and embittered toward an imperfect wife who does not respect the husband's leadership. It's going to happen. It does happen. That does not give the husband the right to react to that. And let's face it, men tend to be more direct we're more blunt. It's how we talk to each other. A couple of examples. What? Are you nuts? That's not how you do that. Or, that lure is terrible. Try this one. Well, that's not how we should talk to our wives. (laughs) But guys banter. Guys talk that way. I'm not going to walk in, and I I enjoy cooking, right? So I'm not going to walk in, and Maggie's going to be doing something, and she's Doing a process in the kitchen in this way—what are you stupid? You know, I'm not going to say that. And if I did, part of this would be gone. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Rightfully so, by the way. But anyway, the point is this: we just talk differently among guys. All right, wives are not our buddies. We need to treat them differently. And part of that has to do with not being harsh. Now we have a couple of more instructions that we need to uh, look at as we expand our study a little bit. Husbands are to be understanding. Now, this is really the perfect progression from not being harsh, right? And we see this in 1 Peter 3, verse 7. Husbands. Likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. I just want to remind you again, we're going to stay focused here. There's more that we can cover in this passage. And at some point, someone covering 1 Peter chapter 3 can do that. But right now, we're going to kind of stick with what we're talking about. So the old adage is that women are a mystery, right? We, guys, we, we, we can't understand them. And um, I'm just going to secretly tell you, I know the women aren't listening at this point. I agree with that. We, we just can't. But here's the good news, husbands. We only need to understand one. One. Our wife. We are to live with them in an understanding way. Now, we're talking relatively broadly here, Okay on some of these subjects. We're not getting down into the nitty gritty. But a loving husband invests the time and energy it takes to get to know his wife. And by the way, I don't believe that that ever ends. There's still things that Maggie talks about sometimes. I'm like, really? That's just how you think about that? Or you like that kind of thing? You know, and it, I'm still learning. Now, I'm refraining I could give examples of myself. I could give examples of our marriage. That's not going to help us. not going to help you. But anyway, the the point is is that we can all relate. But the husband is to learn his wife's strengths and weaknesses, her interests, her fears, her preferences, all these different things in order to understand her. So how's that going to happen? What's that going to require? Guys, it's going to require communication. You, You need to listen. Make comments, ask questions, and, and listen. Did, did I say listen? Yeah, I did. So there's going to have to be some conversations related to this. And, and again, I'm just telling you, we, we don't have the right under Christ to opt out. Now, ladies, help us out. We don't always need all the details, That's just not how our minds work, okay? So we don't need the entire backstory all the time. But at the same time, in that conversation, (laughs) I guess if we were like, you know, a lot of elbowing going on out there. Take it easy. The point is this. There needs to be some engagement. There needs to be some conversation. And yes, for guys, it's, 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 it's rather matter of fact. No. No, we've already talked about the emotions that are involved here. It's important. And then observation. We mentioned her likes and dislikes, strengths and weaknesses. There's interests and abilities. Her personality, her thought processes. You know, we have found, it's taken us a while, we found Maggie and I do not think the same way about everything. I mean, that wasn't apparent when we first got married. (laughs) right? You learn pretty quickly. Oh, you have a different perspective than I do. Well, the husband needs to observe, needs to consider who that person is that God has given to them, and then consideration. So at this point, I'm speaking more along the lines of thoughtfulness and sensitivity. Again, this is not necessarily an area in which men excel, but we need to work at it as part of our selfless love to our life. Right. An understanding husband will also honor his wife. This idea of honoring is simply recognizing her differences to us, but honoring her in and for those differences. Part of this understanding is that she is the weaker of the two. Therefore, as one author put it, this should lead the husband to act with tender and wise consideration toward her. So what we're talking about here, gentlemen, is a thoughtfulness, a deliberateness, in our desire to understand the most important person in our life next to the Lord then i believe the scriptures also tell us that husbands are to be devoted ephesians 5:31 is actually a quote of genesis 2:24 and i have on the slide here just how how close of a comparison it is right But it says here in Ephesians 5.31, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. I referenced that a little bit earlier, but we need to remember that God inserted this statement of intent about marriage before sin entered the world. Back in Genesis 2, the fall had not taken place yet. As God chose how his word was going to be written, it was written alongside of this part of the creation account. This took place even before Adam, well, before Adam, even though Adam didn't have parents. So the intent was there. This was God's plan from the beginning. Now we see both a negative and a positive command that would signify the husband's devotion to his wife. First he was to leave his childhood home and come out from under their authority to create a new household with his wife. With his help meet, suitable helper, comparable partner. He was also to hold tight to his wife. This is the grip we would have if we were holding something of tremendous value to us. And folks, I I could come up with a thousand examples. And I'm not just saying this. I mean this sincerely. Any comparison is going to cheapen the wife. I don't want to use any examples. I'm just telling you that we lay hold of her emotionally, emotionally, We lay hold of her relationally as if, because she is, the most valuable thing that we have. That's the picture here. And The best way to show devotion to your wife is to first be devoted to Christ. It cannot go the other way around. We cannot be more devoted to our spouse. And then... God comes in second. That's not the way it works. Christ is supreme. And when we are devoted to him, we will be able to devote ourselves to our wives properly. Also, the husband's devotion is shown through commitment and loyalty. Again, this does include time and attention. A husband should seek deliberate interaction with his wife. Do you mean I have to go shopping with her? That's between you two. Okay. But you got to do something. Right. Give her your undivided personal attention. You say, wait a minute. We have kids. Okay. Husbands, manage that. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You didn't just tell me to tell the wife to manage that? Make sure that you are working through your home so that regardless of your work schedule, regardless of your home schedule, regardless of everything else, you can give proper attention to your wife. Invest in ways that feed your relationship. Well, that sounds like money. <laughs> it doesn't have to be, but it doesn't hurt sometimes. Right? Right? Guys, this might shock some of you, and I'm a little tongue in cheek here. There are actually books, Christian books, that give you ideas on what to do with your wife. I'm serious. Just nice suggestions of how you can encourage her in different things. If that's not you know, if it's, things aren't coming to mind like you would like them to, but you know what? Some of that observation that we make. Some of that investment that we make is probably going to lead us into understanding how we can do this, right? And then lastly in this part, it also includes marital fidelity or faithfulness. Faithfulness in your attention. And we just discussed this, but we need to note that what we give our time and attention to is what we value. And there is a point where, if we are giving our time and attention to other things, even other individuals, to the point where we're not giving proper attention to our wife, that really is a form of infidelity, of unfaithfulness. Not talking about that kind, we'll get there. Faithful in your attention, faithful emotionally. There should be no greater emotional bond than between you and your wife. That should be the greatest emotional bond that you have. And then faithful, remember, leave, and the King James says, cleave, right? You you leave your household that you grew up in, and you grab hold of your wife. And then faithful, relationally. We cannot break the covenant that we have with our wives by having a relationship with someone else. And obviously, for, well, I'll just say, it, for obvious reasons, we're not going into detail about this. But, folks, it shouldn't have to be said, but it does have to be said that this is a way that we can break and even destroy our faithfulness. It certainly is a breaking, but it can, it can destroy the relationship. So let's bring this to a close and consider some things. We often make application as we kind of go through the study. We haven't done that as much today. I kind of want to package things in the end here. As we make application, I want to first make some assumptions I'm not saying that my assumptions are correct, but that's, these are the assumptions I'm going to make. And Nor are my assumptions, I'm not accusing anybody is what I'm saying. I assume every husband here loves his wife. I assume every husband here effectively demonstrates that love to one degree or another. What does that mean? <laughs> We're going to blow it sometimes. Okay. And then I assume that every husband here desires to be more like Jesus Christ. So with that said, let's consider some practical points of application. The husband's self-sacrificing love is active, not passive. This isn't a romantic, feeling-based love, although that doesn't hurt. This is a committed, giving, putting your wife first kind of love. Things aren't going to just happen. This kind of love takes real effort and investment, and I do believe that that's partly where that whole self-sacrificing advice comes from. Husbands, frankly, this is going to cost you. And that's what sacrifice means. But it should be a price paid out of love. It should be a cost that we desire to pay. Husbands need to be motivated and directed by the love that Christ as your absolute superior demonstrated and continues to demonstrate for you. In other words, you love your wife like Christ loved the church. Let's remember, and I'm going back to Genesis. This might stretch some of your memories here, but I'm paraphrasing quoting. It's not my fault, it's the woman's fault that you gave me. Didn't cut it with Adam, and it's not going to cut it for us. You get that, guys? Uh, I tried, like, I don't know, five years ago. It didn't work. It's her. No more responsibility for me. Mm -mm. The husband has the incentive that he benefits from loving and caring for his wife as a rule. The healthier and more Christ-like our love is for our wife, the healthier our relationship will be with our wife, and the more we will personally benefit from that relationship, gentlemen. This is you know, it's it's that whole business mantra. It's a win-win. <laughs> okay, think about it. Obeying the scriptures following the example of jesus in your marriage is a win win wow this is mind blowing isn't it we may have already noticed that the husband has been given more instructions than the wife why is that now i i'm just admitting this this is my observation i can't say i'm going to can give you chapter and verse okay but my observation is, is that the husband is in a position of authority and responsibility. We sometimes think that more authority brings less responsibility, but that's actually rarely the case. We also cannot forget that with authority comes accountability. So guess what? The husbands are given more instructions. So now, we think of this, of this man... Who is joined to a woman, and he is told, Give of yourself in a loving fashion to your wife. Don't be harsh, right? And all these other things that we learned. So let me ask you when we observe scripture, does this sound like the Lord is enabling a self absorbed dictator to rule over the wife with an iron fist, controlling her and demanding total obedience? That is what a segment of our society would say about the scriptures. Now, just to very briefly say, what is the wife told to do? To be submissive. To voluntarily place themselves under their husband's God-given authority. The husbands sacrificing themselves for the wife, loving her, understanding her, When we keep fresh in our minds the comparison to Christ and the husband consistently lives this out, there is no way that the wife would be living in a harsh, repressive marriage. It's impossible. I want to look at this as we close from a different angle, from the perspective of the wife. And more importantly, I think, from a perspective that God has regarding the wife. How important is a husband's self-sacrificing, encouraging, and nurturing love to the wife as a subordinate? Husbands, it's vital. Men work well in hierarchy, in structure. We all know what it's like to have a bad boss, a poor manager, or a supervisor of some kind with a chip on his shoulder. We've probably also worked under a good boss. And chances are, that had an impact on your confidence, your motivation, and your productivity. Right? Husbands, your wife joined her body and soul with yours as your partner in life. She voluntarily placed herself under your stewardship. Okay? Unless unless you had an arranged marriage... She volunteered for that work. She volunteered for that position. So the deeper and more refined your love is, my love is for her, for our wife, the more contented and secure she will be with our leadership. You see, the home, the marriage, is actually an extremely wonderful protection. Really for both. But for the woman. It is not a cage. Are there restrictions? Yes. On both. Very specific. High restrictions. Nobody else comes in. But those restrictions are designed so that those two people can flourish in Christ. And gentlemen, it is primarily our responsibility to make sure that marriage flourishes. Next week, what we're going to do is just talk practically about how we interact. Because we're different. And we're fallen. But God has some answers for that. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as Paul wrote, he did write rather bluntly. He simply said it how it was to the wife and how it was supposed to be and how it was supposed to be to the husband. And we've kind of done that these past couple of weeks too. But we thank you that there is abundant grace for both the husband and the And the wife. And Lord, it might be that you have convicted someone these last couple of weeks. That as they examine their life, they are not following your instructions. Now again, Lord, we're not talking about uh, typical things that we go through, but, but really missing the mark. And I pray, Lord, that they will commit to you afresh and anew, just like that whole putting off and putting on processes that take place, that they will commit to you, that they will fulfill their role in the marriage under Jesus. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, that if we respond in faith, and trust to you that you will bless. But Father, we also know that there is just work that is involved. And sometimes there are things that come to bear that we really can't control. And there are t- sometimes things that come to bear that we maybe should have controlled, whatever it might be. Lord, I pray that this would just encourage us again putting all of this under the grace of Christ, putting all of this under the, the, the love of God, may we see that we have an opportunity to flourish in such a way that, that we can show the world what the love of Jesus really means, what the relationship that we have with Christ is all about in and through our marriages. And Lord, it's not just about what the world sees, it's what our spouse sees. It's how we can help one another grow as you intended. So I pray, Lord, that we not miss the opportunity to take stock. Not to beat each other up or to beat ourselves down, but to simply be honest and forthright and even encouraged say, how can I be that better spouse in Christ? That better spouse for my marriage. That better spouse because I love my husband or my wife so much. God, we thank you for your perfect example in sending Christ to us the perfect example of the husband that we all want to be. And I pray, Lord, that for some of us, we might even need the courage to step out and do what we know we should do, even if especially at first it's kind of hard. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that ultimately that is what we stand on. We ask all of this in our perfect Savior's name. In Christ's name, amen.